Hello and welcome to Peach Pod, a Georgia politics podcast. My name is Kyle Hayes and I'm your host and I'll be joined shortly by Luke Boggs. Just a heads up on our programming for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Luke has been working on quite a few interviews with candidates who are running in the November 7th uh, special election for state house in the regular elections for the Atlanta mayoral and municipal races. So you're going to hear from quite a few candidates over the next week or so leading up to election day. So refresh those feeds often. Uh, the first candidate that Luke talked to was Richie Knight. He's running for mayor of Athens. His election actually is not on November 7th, but he had a great conversation with Richie that we wanted to go ahead and share with y'all as well. Uh, Richie laid out his vision for the future of Athens, talked about his background in business, and I thought it was a really interesting conversation that Luke and Richie had the other day. Um, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Luke and Richie Knight, who is running for mayor of Athens. Here's Luke. Hello and welcome to Peach Pod. I'm your host, Luke Boggs, and I am joined today by Richie Knight. Thanks for having me today, Luke. Yeah, it's good to have you. We uh, just talked on his podcast, which is probably coming out before this because we're slow. Um, But (laughs) yeah, it's great to have you, and we've been talking for a while now, so we're just going to keep talking. Okay. Um, So for those of you who don't know, Richie Knight is running for mayor of Athens. Uh, He is also the founder, right? Co-founder. Co-founder of uh, HW Marketing, right? Correct. Yeah, see, I I can remember things. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, how about you just talk about what you do with that company a little bit, just get a little background of who you are. Yeah, my business partner, Nicole, and I founded HW back seven years ago. Just celebrated seven years in August. Done a lot of things in the marketing world in those past seven years. Past four of those really been focused more on the sales side. So we help our clients attract new customers. So we're all about growth and strategic growth. Um, you know, we help try to move companies from the six million mark to the ten million mark. You know, and that's the strategy that we focus on. So, you know, which has been nice, kind of thinking about that moving into more of a broader public arena. Is, is how do I take those same kind of strategic level thinking of now we're at one point and how do we get to another um that's kind of what we've been doing for the past five or six years yeah and you know moving right along into what we're here to talk about which is athens so a lot of what we talk about on this show is state politics and national politics kind of creeps its way in there all the time and so for a lot of people a lot of people that are just in georgia that pay attention to politics even people that read you know the washington post and new york times weekly or even daily when they think about local politics what they think about is parks and rec they think (laughs) you know leslie nope that's you know that is like their viewpoint of what happens in local politics and in some ways i'm sure that's true but in a lot of ways it's not yeah. so how about you just talk about why you think local politics is important why you decided in this time where a lot of people have become more interested in national politics or statewide politics why you're entering the state arena yeah definitely it's funny that you bring up parks and rec because i think i have about 10 friends on a waiting list to be my assistant director of parks and rec of course i keep trying to explain them we don't really have that but you know that's not here nor there um so yeah it's interesting because i think there's a couple angles of me that made me interested in local government first off i try not to look at it 
as political as possible. You know, I try to keep all of our level, all of our issues on a sidewalk level, right? We're talking about local government and how can we move a community forward. One angle is from the, the businessman that I've was raised as a business person, you know, a family of entrepreneurs to now owning my own business. That's one side of me that sees a level of opportunity that um, could could continue to grow and put us in a area of um, we've got more opportunity from a business standpoint in Athens than I think most communities could ever have in the history of their communities. We're lucky in that We've got the right mix of business and industry. There's opportunity to continue to grow in both of those. Um, For me as a business person, an opportunity area that I know I need to continue is how do I foster a young professional community? Um, I hire people in that 25 to 35-year range, and a lot of those are unicorns in our city, right? It's very hard to find someone out of school with a couple years' experience willing to work in a professional environment that like we have. Um, so the business side of me is how do we continue to improve our climate um, as businesses, attract and retain top talent, attract and retain potential clients um, for a lot of our service-based professional services. And then there's the young person side of me, you know, young adult. I've always been involved. How old are you? Because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm 28. People, yeah, a lot of people yeah. probably don't know. Your That's voice right. does not tell your age. <laughs> 28, I'll be 29 uh, come election time next year. Uh, we vote in May. Um, because we're a, a nonpartisan race, but um, so so being a young professional, a young member of our community, I see probably even more opportunity than your average business person. I see opportunity for us to be a lot more progressive on issues than a typical smaller Georgia town. Um, I see Athens as an opportunity to really be, you know, the second or third city when you think of Georgia. Um, and, and why it's, why Athens is relevant, even in a state conversation. You know, we hold our, you know, the largest state institution. A lot of things are bred in this city that then go on throughout the rest of the state, especially when you think about what happens even with the university at Carl Vinson and Fanning Institute. I mean, a lot of people are looking to Athens for examples on how to do everything, yet we've, we've got a few problems that we keep hidden from them. Um, so it's a matter of how do we continue to take this opportunity and just build on it. Um, and so that's, that's me as a business person and me as a as an engaged young person. Um, I see opportunity at every level, and I'd love to be a part of moving that forward. Yeah, and with, with you being so young, too, you're not from Athens originally, right? I'm not. I grew up not too far I'm from Covington, Georgia, Newton County. It's about 45, 50 minutes, depending on how fast you drive. Um, yeah. So I've always been in the area somewhat, but I've lived in Athens since 2000. And, uh, 2010, so um, going on on 10 years. Yeah, we've been here about the same amount of time. You, yeah. have, you had two years on me. But, <laughs> um, so, sort of, what differences do you see from compared, like you know, where you grew up in Covington and Athens, and like what what kept you in Athens? Because I'm assuming you went to school here, and so mm-hmm. like what what kept you here, and in that way, since I think that's part of the conversation you're just having is that like it's difficult for people to stay here. So you know, like what made you stay here, right? Honestly, what made me stay here was I started a business when I was 21, right? So I was kind of bound to, um, I already started to lay roots here, build relationship business-wise with contacts that are still referring business to us, started getting involved in things like the Chamber of Commerce and the Small Business Development Center. And really, Athens is at the core of who we are as a company. Um, And when I hire new employees, you know, I tell them that. 
you know, the two biggest things that are important to me are education and culture. I mean, education and community. And, you know, the education piece, we give back through education as much as possible. I teach a certification course at university. We run a pretty robust intern program that now includes high school students here at HW. And then the community piece, we have given back to Athens as much as possible. You know, I'm on five or six boards. My partner's on boards. Our team members um, serve the homeless every week. Um, we've gone above and beyond to really make Athens who we are and, and really define us. So what kept me here was building this business and seeing so much opportunity for future growth of Athens. We've got all the right mix, right? When you look at communities that are successful for startups, the things that they need to have, we have all those things. We have affordable housing. You know, we have low cost of living. When I say affordable housing, I mean we have lower cost of living. Yeah, because um, I was going <laughs> yeah. to push back on that. Cause, that you know, because definitely, you know, folks uh, can see that the prices in Athens compared to, like, Atlanta, very, very different. Right. Very different. Hugely different. And that you can get, you know, a single bedroom in Athens, you know, on the higher end, I mean, the higher end, but, like, the average, like, 700-something a month, whereas, you know, Atlanta, you're well over 1,000 for exactly. that. And yeah. so, in that front, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, Certainly. it's affordable, but right. for many of the people in Athens, it's not. Most definitely. And the other things you have, you know, you've got a level of expertise that exists at the university that you can't get in other places. You've got an established business community, um, an established community of startups that are thriving and continuing to thrive. We've got access to utilities, fiber, things that a lot of other communities don't have. So there's a little bit of everything that we need is all there, but it takes the right individual and how I was able to do it, I don't know, you know, to push all those things into one um, and, and really kind of come out on top. And we've been very fortunate to do that. You know, we're around 11 employees now full-time at HW. I've got a few part-time folks on top of that as well of our students. So the business is what kept me here, and I fell in love with the city as I continued to build that business. Yeah. So let me push back against what you said a little bit, because I'll agree with you on the front of everything that you just said needs to happen in Athens. But I don't know if that is the first problem we have. Because, oh, you know, in, in the sense that, that is part of the picture of how we get Athens to move forward, attracting high-tech businesses, high-education businesses. But unfortunately, that is something that I think the folks like me who are from other parts of the state, you know, from I'm from Camden County and came to Athens for my education and, you know, hope to be able to stay here. But, you know, for a lot of folks that grew up here, Athens is not a community where they have the opportunity to move up significantly. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what do you think needs to be done so that the city cannot be two separate cities, one of which is the university and the other, the community at large, and be one community where everyone can benefit from what you're saying instead of the, you know, kids who grew up in Marietta deciding to live in Athens instead of going back to Atlanta? Yeah. So before we went live, I told you there's two things I could talk about all day. You know, that's Athens and my love for marketing. Um, the part of Athens I could talk about all day is economic mobility. been very fortunate to chair our local task force. Uh, I was appointed by our city manager um, for the network of southern economic mobility and really studied, you know, the systemic problems behind why the south is so far behind on economic mobility when you look at, when you look at maps and charts and see just how far the South is, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues you can point to, like segregation and, you know, and our industrial revolution and how things came to be. 
Athens specific, though, we have a workforce crisis, and, and we have to, you know, like I've, I've said before, we've got to admit that problem. We're at a place where we have more jobs and we have capable people to fill those jobs. And that's where we, at some point, have to put the brakes on economic development effort and attracting more industrial businesses. And how do we invest that back into the community and bringing our community up to the standards that needs to be to be successful? Prime example: someone like a Caterpillar. We're very fortunate to have in our community. You know, has done great work for us, both in the community and from a development standpoint. A starting job at, at Caterpillar, I mean, you're looking at close to $20 an hour full benefits, and that includes, you know, tuition assistance and things that 401K, full health, that everyone, I would dream of having as a small business owner, right? But we don't have applicants that can pass an eighth grade skills test, that can pass a drug test, and that more importantly, that can continually pass their random drug test program. So at what point does global Caterpillar say, yeah, this Athens location, like they, we can't fill jobs. You know, at what point do they pull the plug? You know, and that's where my fear is and working economic mobility is there's a huge gap between what we have and where our community's at. Does that mean we need to change gears on our education system and maybe start training our kids more for life and career versus training them just for college? You know, and getting some CTAE classes back into the schools and not just at a career academy? Does that mean that we um, have to start localizing our job and workforce development efforts and meeting people where they're at? You know, how do we do this at a micro level and going to communities, helping educate and get people to the standards they need to be? Or does it mean that we need to just rethink are we not a town that can? No, are we a town that can no longer support manufacturing and industrial type jobs if we don't have a skilled workforce that's capable of doing that? The fact that the majority of our employers pull employees from outside of our city and our county, you know, is frightening. And when we think about, I think it's somewhere upwards of 40,000 people a day travel in and out of Athens for work. And the level of people in Athens who don't have work, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that just don't add up. You know, we have a low unemployment rate. We have a very high underemployment rate. And it's time that we as a business community, we as a local government, and I think we as a community at large, like we just have to agree something's got to give. And if we can identify and fix some of these workforce issues, will that help our poverty rate problems? Why wouldn't it, right? Will it help potentially affordable housing and some of our other issues? I would hope so. You know, I think at the core of where our issues are is economic mobility, and we've got to invest more time and resources in fixing these problems. Right. And I, w- w- the only other element I would I'd point out off the top of my head is that the university being the largest employer in the county and not having a livable wage for many people is also a <laughs> – very large problem and you know unfortunately all the problems that you point out are definitely severe problems but all of them also require significant funding Mm -hmm. initiatives to fix Mm -hmm. so what sort of mechanisms do you think exist that the local government could take advantage of because you know obviously the state government and federal government is part of this picture but there are things that local governments can do so like what in 
what can the local government do? Because again, and I'm not just asking you this to ask you a hard question, but I'm no. also just a lot of people literally do not know right. what local governments can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people don't know. So in that sense, you know, educate the audience and right. your view on that. And I'll back up just a little bit too and tell you a little bit about our local government because it is so unique, right? right. We consolidated in 91. We went from a Clark County government and a city of Athens government to a government of Athens-Clark County. You know, we were one of the first 20 in the nation to do that. Mm -hmm. Cities from all over the country and world, for that matter, come to Athens and study how that process went. We failed at doing it, I think, four or five times before the citizens of Athens-Clark County voted on making that happen. And with that, we set up a system of government um, that's interesting. So we have what's called a weak mayor system. Our city manager is really the head department head, really runs the day-to-day operations of our local government. He then reports to our mayor and commission. So our mayor's core two functions are to set the agenda for the mayor and commission meetings, you know, which is a pretty powerful position, and then to set our budget, right? I look at there's a third piece to that that isn't as measurable, but we need a leader that's got a vision and how does that vision then play into partners to help implement that. I don't view the local government as the solution to all of our problems. I view the local government as a conduit to helping us get this done. Perfect example, you know, where another interesting scenario when you think about other states, we have a completely separate school system when we do local government, right? Completely separate funding, you know, there's not much crossover there. Are we working with our school system as closely as we could be? I don't think so. You know, are we talking to our school system and saying, hey, you know, we have a workforce problem. Like, how are we not just putting Band-Aids on this from a local government standpoint, but how are we, like, fixing this wound from a long-term standpoint? Um, Easy wins for us would be we've got to start exposing our young people, our youngest citizens, to our workforce, right? We could start teaching soft skills at a kindergarten level. You know, simple things like eye contact and handshakes, the things that don't get people jobs now, are skills that can be taught at a much younger age. We could start doing aptitude testing in the middle school level and stop pushing kids to where they're interested in and maybe start pushing them more to where they're good at. You know, we can take a step back, you know, a couple decades back to how we used to push people into careers. And um, I think us as a local government could play a big role in influencing that i also think we've put too much we've shown we've shown too much light on the university and too little light on the amazing things that happen at athens tech us as a government i think could really be the leader that turns our community's eyes to where our possibilities are at our technical college because they're endless the amount of training the things that you can do for low to no cost at a technical college with the with the amount of grants and things that are available, I mean, it blows your mind with the skills that you're able to walk away from. We have a experience UGA program that puts every Clark County school kid on UGA's campus at every grade level, which I think is wonderful. I think it gives low-income students who will never have an opportunity to ever step foot on our campus the opportunity to step foot on a campus that's in their backyard. Do I think that we have to keep doing that all the way to the ninth grade or all the way to the twelfth grade? Not necessarily. Maybe does that mean at the ninth grade that we need to start taking kids to Athens Tech and exposing them to the real industry that's here in our community? Our best students in Clark County don't go to UGA. Our best students in Clark County go to much greater institutions. You know, they go to Ivy League schools. You know, what are we doing to support kids 
who are staying here and who are going to live here. The amount of kids that are getting into UGA from Clark County over the past decade is just plummeting, right? But at the same time, the amount of kids that are applying to go to UGA from Clark County is equally plummeting because the opportunity is just not there. Kids are not motivated. You have counselors telling them there is no way you could ever pass everything that you have to pass to get in there. There's no way you could afford these things. So we're not doing anything, A, to fix that problem, or B, how are we promoting the school where we're seeing the opposite direction, right? The people who are applying and getting into Athens Tech has been in an upward motion over the past decade that's way surpassed any other school. So I would love to see a leader lead our local government towards this workforce development and pull the right partners in. I don't think it's the local government's role to fix every piece of this because we can't. You know, legally we can't. You know, just even practically we can't. But what we can do is we can be that conduit, that voice that's pulling the partners in to help us really fixing this wound because we're leaking pretty hard out of it at this point. And it's dangerous to think, what does 10 more years of status quo get us, right? We can continue to elect officials who have done things the same way. 10 years from now, does a 38% poverty rate go to 48%? You know, does our youth poverty rate go from 40% to 50%? Does our Latino youth poverty rate go from almost close to 50% to well over half of our Latino kids living in athens Clark County below the poverty line. Meaning if I have a family of four, which would be a mom and a dad and two kids, which is rare that you have both parents in the house, but let's pretend that we do. That's me living in a household that makes less than $27,000 a year. Both parents raising two kids on that. I remember being a young professional making that amount and barely being able to get by. I couldn't imagine having a spouse and two kids. You know, so us as a community, we've got to agree that this is where our issue is, and we can't ignore it anymore. I mean, it is literally knocking at our doors at every corner. Well, what do you think has been holding Athens back as a community? Because, you know, I'm sure we have slightly different views about it, but... You know, all in all, there is the the what I refer to as the myth of Athens that we are a incredibly progressive community that's run by a bunch of progressives, and you know it's a liberal blue dot. While voting wise, that is what we are, but in execution of the things that our government has actually done, and the things that our government actually pursues, and on the flip side, the things that are hard for us to accomplish and the things that the community has to scream for, like the, you know, Civil Rights Commission, as we mentioned in the last podcast mm-hmm. we were on together. Um, you know, so, like, what what is holding us back? Where where would you, you know, point your fingers towards the problems? Because as you started this podcast with is that you can't really – you can't solve problems until you point out where they are. Right. So we've, we've pointed out what the problems in the community are, but those don't happen – Organically, they mm-hmm. they're caused by the actions of others. So you know, where would you you know place that blame on? And it doesn't have to be specific people, right. you know, though it can be. But yeah. it also just you know needs to be like, what is causing this problem? I typically tend to try to keep responses to this pretty you know level, right? But I'm going to get a little controversial and just say I don't think we've had a leader since consolidation that's had a clear vision and the ability to implement that vision. Since 91, we've been running a local government that has not been moving forward. I don't think we've been running a local government that has thought about what do we want to be when we grow up? Because the problems that we're facing now are not problems that a community like 
I hate to say a Greenville or Chattanooga or some of the other aspirational cities that we look at, you know, that are on a much another level. 30 years ago, they decided where they wanted to be. And guess what? They're pretty dang close to being there. Right. You know, we have failed to do that. Us as a community, we have failed to elect leaders and foster leaders who could do that. And, and, and I think our leaders have really, uh, the system's broken, right? We've got broken systems that it's going to take fresh eyes and fresh perspective to really get in and fix. And at the same time, yes, I think the university is hurting more than it's helping. The, you hit on a prime topic of that when you talk about living wage. You know, I was involved in the Envision Athens process, was on the steering committee of our 20-year-plus plan, you know, and the pushback on living wage, where does that come from? It doesn't come from anyone else but the University of Georgia. Right. You know, when our largest employer can't pay a living wage or anything close to that, that's at the root of this issue. And when our largest landowner, our largest um, economic driver is not doing anything to put money directly back in. Indirectly, yes. You know, the university brings, I would say, $100 million plus million indirectly back into our community. But if you talk about direct money and the money that support from all over the state and country that goes back in the university primarily because of people's love for this city, and then we are not turning around and putting any of that money back in. Take the housing authority as prime example. You know, the housing authority is on untaxable land, just like the university is, and they write a payment in lieu of taxes every year. Have you ever seen the university do anything like that? No, right? If we start talking about affordable housing issues, like at what point do we start an affordable housing fund or a foundation or one of these third-party groups that operate similar to a housing authority and start putting asking our non-taxable landowners to contribute to. You know, I think 40-plus percent of our land in the smallest county in Georgia is untaxable. So our tax base is pretty tiny. It's hard to get things done. You know, we're voting on a T-SPLOS in a few weeks here, and people scratch their heads and are like, why are we having to raise sales tax to do this? Well, it's because we don't have money from anywhere else right. to make these strides, right? Yes, we want more bike lanes. Yes, we want more sidewalks. Whether you're red, blue, or green or purple, like these are basic necessities that we all want. How we pay for them is sometimes where we have to butt heads. At the end of the day, we wouldn't be butting heads as hard as we were if we had a larger tax base, if we weren't having to fight these problems. You know, I sit on the Downtown Development Authority, and the day that I really got super frustrated was the day that I learned, you know, we put over a million dollars back into the city budget through parking revenue, and that money just goes into our general fund. None of that comes back into downtown. As a business person, you think about your best producing service, right, your best producing employee, and we're not doing anything to build that up. But I, on the other hand, I understand why, because where else would the money come from right. that we need to go into that general fund? You know, so we're just at a crossroads where we have to identify these barriers, and we got to fix it. You know, we have to hold people accountable. President Moorhead and faculty and staff at the university who don't live, I'm not saying President Moorhead doesn't, but the majority of the faculty that doesn't live in athens Clark County and works at the university and chooses, you know, to be the voice at the table at certain things and not the voice at the table at other, it's just, it's becoming harder and harder, I think, as us as a community to move forward when we have to deal with that. Yeah, so we, we've been talking about three minutes for about problems, so <laughs> let, let's, let's try to like be 
a little bit optimistic because yeah. you know I I am a natural you know we, we this podcast exists because there's problems. If there wasn't problems in government, we'd have nothing to talk about. Right. So you know, I'll be sitting on, on a beach. Yeah, exactly. So you know, let's talk about first something that Athens is doing right and that you'd like to see continued, and then uh, just name one or a couple leaguers in the community that you know are people that you have been inspired by. So let's hit the uh, what's something Athens yeah. is doing right. I'll talk about a new leader that we have that every single day amazes me, and that's our police chief. You know, we are very fortunate to bring someone very close to my what's hometown. What's their name? You know, people yeah, people don't chief, know. Chief Scott Freeman, yeah. uh, to bring him to Athens and to have the vision for community policing that he has. Um, and again, you know, not to digress, but problem-wise, we haven't added a new position to our police force in 10 years. You know, we have a amazing leader that is just changing how we interact with our community, how we fight crime, how we fight a really up-and-coming gang problem, and uh, we got to give him the resources he needs to succeed. I think it is very commendable what he's been able to do. I think there's members on our commission, um, Sharon Dickerson being one of them, who has led this Envision Athens process in the most um, cleanest, clearest way possible. You know, she has been the most uh, best mediator I could have ever imagined, and the fact. And, that, and to digress, because again, a lot of people don't know, like, what is Envision Athens? Right. Yeah. You know, what What is that? Yeah. So, know, Envision Athens is is our you know our twenty plus year plan on on where we're going, and that's the plan that a citizen based steering committee will then give to the local government to adopt as our comprehensive plan that we file with the state. It's been a year-long process where we've sought out citizen input from every corner of the county. Everyone has had three-plus opportunities, if not more, to get in and get involved, and I think we've done a really great job at that this time. Um, Where we can't fail to execute like we have before is how do we continually progress on those issues and report that progress back. Um, One Athens was a project we did back in the early 2000s, very similar. A lot of great things came out of One Athens. Did anybody talk about that or credit One Athens to that? No. So what do people think? That it failed. So what did people come into this process thinking? We were just going to fail like these other times. We've got all the right things happen in this community. You know, we sometimes, and myself included, we stink at talking about how successful we are. You know, I have the opportunity to go talk about Athens in front of communities all over Southeast and to talk about free transit for kids under the age of 18. I mean, that people like scratch their heads. Jacksonville being one of those cities in our room of um, in the network of Southern Economic Mobility, they're like, what? You do what? You know, it's like we've got some victories and even recent victories that we can really tout. You know, we have one of the top transit programs in the country. It's won awards for. And by capacity as well. By capacity from a um, sustainability effort. I mean, we're doing a lot of things right. Um, We've got a city manager now um, who I think has some clear visions, has the authority and the ability to really execute that. He's put a lot of key people in on... um, as department heads, you know, we have a new transportation and public works director. We've got a new director of housing and development. I mean, there's a lot of departments now that have had retirees move on and very young, fresh faces step in. Um, I think we're finally starting to see diversity at a local government level that we haven't seen ever in, in our history. Um, so 
our local government is making a lot of great strides forward. I think we're just really lacking that glue that keeps us together and moving in that same direction. Opportunity-wise, too, I mean, the industries that we have attracted and that we have grown or fostered here is incredible. Deshebo is a prime example of that. That's an Italian company that had a handful of comp- a handful of employees that chose Athens as their Athens, Georgia, not Athens, Greece. Mm-hmm. You know, as their North American headquarters who now employs over 60 people in downtown Athens. And these are high-tech jobs that are attracting people from all over the country to come work at. You know, you have Roundsphere, which is right down the road from them, who's doing the same thing on an e-commerce type level business-wise. I mean, so from a tech spec- spectrum, we've got a lot of movement happening. We have a lot of people who want to be here. You know, so it's time that we start giving them the things that they need to keep them here um, and, and not see them go away. Um, so, yeah, opportunity-wise, I'm just I'm so thrilled to think about what's all in front of us. You know, it's really like the sky's the limit for us as a city, you know, with no cliche intended. It's just like we've got this real clear path, you know, how do we just keep keep getting to that, to that um, end point. Yeah, and so uh, one of the things I like to do to wrap up this podcast yeah. is I call it flipping the table. And Please. even though you just asked me a bunch of questions, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to ask me one more question. Okay. So just ask me, you know, one, one more question and you know, see where it leads us. I'll ask you a question that I think will tie this podcast in together. Okay. Um, why do you see a local Athens election warranting state and may potentially even national attention? You know, why do we right. have that opportunity of 130 plus thousand people here in Athens, Georgia? Yeah, well, I think I'll, I'll push back on something you said because you mentioned that Athens could be the number two or number three city in the state. We could be the number one city in the state because go dogs, go obviously. Dogs, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Athens definitely can be the number one. Um, but, you know, all jokes aside, I think the future of Georgia is tied to Athens in the same way that the future of Georgia is tied to Atlanta and tied to Savannah because no one would argue that the Savannah port expansion was critical to the future of the state for years and years and years. Everybody will say that was very important, that getting that done is going to change how the state is. No one would argue that if we massively expanded Marga or did any other of the many, many things that need to happen with Atlanta's infrastructure and we solve the traffic problem in Atlanta. No one would argue that that, you know, make a huge difference to the state if we go 100% green energy like Atlanta wants to go. No one would argue that that would make a huge difference. Similarly, if we solve the rural health care crisis, no one would argue that that changed the state. This town is the home of a great university that is very, very often in the top 20 of any of U.S. news, anything like that. I mean, you know, like for the fact that we are a state in the deep south that, you know, people can make fun of the south for a lot of things, we have a really great, like, top-notch university here. Um, We have a great law school. (laughs) But, you know, like what's – what I think people don't really think about and they don't put enough emphasis on – is that Athens is important, and like this show should be talking about Athens, even if I didn't live here, and even if it wasn't my community. It there's a lot of things that need to get done because you know really the the future Georgia that I see is a situation where you know Athens is part of the conversation of what's happening in Atlanta in a real way. You know part of that 
could be in the transit picture, you know, the idea of the brain train, which is a you know a project that I will harp on until I'm dead or until it gets made, and that I think is a great idea. Yeah, you know, both. that would open up a lot of opportunities, not only for uh, folks to work in Atlanta easier and not be as hard of a you know drive because I you know again in the same way that we know a lot of people from out of county come into county to work, a lot of people leave the county to work mm-hmm. as well. It would you know offer both the university and the community a lot of opportunities both for recreation and business to have that project done and so you know that's just one example how if the community of Athens is able to push through a big project how it would reshape the state and in turn reshape the nation Um, Athens has a lot of problems and so in that sense if Athens would be able to work on and solve those problems as we were a model for folks to become consolidated governments I think with the sheer amount of problems that we have, if we made steps towards solving those problems, I think we could be a model in that sense as well because everyone acknowledges how large our problems are. So if we successfully start making strides towards fixing them, then that's something that uh, I think should be and could be emulated. Yeah. Can I take a two seconds oh, yeah, to sure. answer uh, that same oh, yeah, question? Yeah, why not? You know, the reason why that was top of mind for me is I had to answer this exact question um, with the folks at the HRC a few weeks ago, right? We are talking human rights, mm-hmm. and they asked me, you know, for us in order for us to even consider a campaign or um, something to get behind, like, we have to prove that it has national precedence, right? Right. That it has opportunity to shine national attention on. And, and my comeback to that was... A, the opportunity that we've talked about, you know, B, the problems, you know, that come with that opportunity. We have one of the highest poverty rates in the country. Um, We're the leading example in the state on how things should be done. You know, we house the state's institution. We grow the state and country's leaders, you know, who go on to run Fortune 500 companies and small businesses all over the country. Or um, get fired by Trump. Or, <laughs> Sally or get Yates. fired by Trump, <laughs> right. Um, or go on to be Secretary of Agriculture. Right. Right. You know, so we, both sides. Right. We are growing leaders in this city like none other. Um, and then to think about what we have an opportunity to do in my election is we have an opportunity to elect our first openly gay mayor for our city and, you know, of a major city in Georgia um, and to really show light on to the South, you know, that a gay Latino can go on and be successful, right? A gay Latino that came from um, a family whose dad was raised by a 15-year-old mother and a mom whose immigrants were or whose moms whose parents were immigrants from another country you know so we think about the opportunity that someone like me has been able and the blessings that I've had and to move forward I would love nothing more and I would you know obviously could could not think anyone even more to have the opportunity to lead this city forward in that in that vision um, and so I think we have we merit state attention and by god we merit national and world attention because this city um this city's got the potential and, and we can do it and hopefully we'll win the national championship this That's year right. Amen. <laughs> go dogs uh, go dogs and i think on that note uh thank you again for uh, being for on the show and uh you know wish you luck in your race and we'll be uh looking forward to the race as it develops thank you very much Luke. No appreciate problem. it thank you That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, share the show with a friend. 
and go over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find our show. We'll be back with another episode of Peach Pod next week. Until then, take care, y'all.